Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. UNC, Duke, for a trip to the championship. Let's go. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Yesterday, Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC and I broke down the North Carolina side of this historic matchup between Duke and UNC in the Final Four with a chance to go to the national title game. You know who would love that? Well, both teams would love that. Coach K, whose final season could be punctuated with what might already be the best resume in the history of college basketball, modern college basketball. We could make that argument as well. Candice, when you look at this Duke team, we have the superstar players that McDonald's All-American, Paolo Bancaro, is a potential number one overall pick. What is the straw that stirs the Blue Devils' drink? Truly, in this tournament, it has been Jeremy Roach. As quiet as it's kept, he's had a great run, I think, just from the way he's been a floor general for this offense and how he's facilitated well and maybe taking some shots himself at the rim. I think his confidence has grown, and he's been called upon in moments and delivered. So for me, it would be Jeremy Roach being that X factor and allowing others to really just be them their best selves, which they have been. When you look at... The rest of this Duke team. I mentioned Paulo Bancaro. You mentioned Roach, who has hit some huge shots in the tournament here. Is there a place where you go, okay, I think this person has a matchup advantage against Carolina that that I think Mike Krzyzewski and Duke can exploit? Ooh, that's such a good question because, you know, you've seen these teams play each other twice now. And I think A.J. Griffin is certainly a factor in how well he can shoot and if he can match Brady Manic's energy, it'll be, you know, pretty much about the same, but I think he has a slight edge, but not only does he, is he a great shooter, he's also a great um, point man as well. So I think AJ Griffin's going to be the guy who, you know, we look and see if he's hot, it's going to be a long night for Carolina. Who do you give the advantage to inside in this one? Because both teams have some high powered, uh, some, some high powered bigs that they can go to guys who can defend the rim, who can get rebounds. Where do you think that advantage is in this game? You know, I think it's about even like, honestly, Armando Baycott getting double doubles whenever he feels like it. And Mark Williams being the defensive player of the year in the ACC, everyone's going to have to play their part and feed them, whether it's on, you know, either side of the floor. I don't necessarily think it's an advantage, honestly. Like truly, I love Mark Williams. I think he's the most NBA ready person on the floor. But Armando has been proving to me that he wants this just as bad as anyone else. And he is certainly going to have that aggression going into Saturday's matchup i have to ask you we are we are hours away from this this highly anticipated matchup one of the most highly anticipated final four matchups that we have had in a long time what's your lean on this one candace you know, I am so blessed and spoiled to have witnessed so many great basketball matches between these two and just being able to be like a student, being able to rush Franklin and now being able to, you know, rush when we had a national championship in 2009, my freshman year. I can't not go with the home team because if we're here, you might as well do it. I'm a competitor at the end of the day. So I'm with all the smoke. I want all of the energy. I want them to come out like they are the bad boys. Let's go ruin somebody's party. Hate it had to be him. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
day, what better send-off than to win and then potentially win a national championship? Go Heels. What are the biggest concerns for UNC against Duke? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Nets have come up short on their expectations for the regular season, and they come up short again against the Bucks in overtime. Doug Norrie, Locked On Nets, coming at you following one of the better regular season games you're going to see. Felt like a playoff game, goes to overtime, crushing loss for the Nets. They drop 120 to 119, looked like the Kevin Durant last shot to beat the buzzer in overtime was going to go down. He got a good look, it ended up not getting there. This game was back and forth, got real chippy, some flagrant fouls, an ejection. It had kind of, I mean, beyond that, just a couple superstars battling it out as well. Like I said, had all the feel of a playoff game in the regular season. Could be a matchup we see when we get to the playoffs as well. It was a game the Nets really could have used to win to try to shore up some of this playing game nonsense that they still are a part of, but they're not able to take the W at home against Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo also passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in this game for most points scored in Bucks history. The shot... A step back three to force overtime after Chris Middleton had been ejected. Talk about potential MVP moments. The Atlanta Hawks are trying to climb out of the 10 seed with every last bit of energy they have. Hello friends, my name is Brad Rowland, and Atlanta Hawks get a fourth consecutive victory on this Thursday night, knocking off Cleveland at home. And with the win, the headliner of the night is the Hawks have clinched a spot in the play-in, a postseason berth once again for Atlanta. Obviously, sort of a low bar to clear to get that play-in spot with only the Wizards and Knicks behind them, but still now official for the Hawks as April is nearing. And really, the Hawks played very well in this game against Cleveland. Trey Young was very, very good when he was available and healthy. In fact, there was a bit of an injury scare for Trey late in the first half. He ended up bouncing back, playing in the third quarter and looking like his old self. Clint Capella was awesome. Kevin Herter was awesome in this game. Lots of positives for the Hawks. And uh, really, for the last couple of weeks, the Hawks have been playing very well despite an easy schedule. Worth noting that easy schedule is definitely part of the calculus. The Hawks have been playing better basketball, but still, they're shooting the ball very well and performing at a high level in advance of what is going to be a big game on Saturday against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll have coverage on that game coming up, this game tonight, and much more on Lawful Hawks Podcast. On the other hand, the 76ers were in the mix for the one seed until they lost three in a row, this time to the Pistons. This was by far the best game of the season. I don't care. I've said that probably like two times over the past month or so because of how well the Pistons have been playing. But this game right here, by far best game of the season. The Detroit Pistons beat the Philadelphia 76ers with both Joel Embiid and James Harden playing by a score of 102 to 94. Kay Cunningham continues to show that he is going to be a future superstar in this league and that he should be the rookie of the year tonight against the Sixers. He hit uh, 12 or 20 shots, 27 points, six rebounds, uh, six assists, two uh, two rebounds. Played extremely well. Amazing game from him. He's going to be unstoppable. I can't wait till the team gets to the playoffs because his in-between game in the restricted area, his pull-up midi, his finishing around the rim, he's going to be an absolute handful to stop. This dude's going to be a superstar. And once he gets his pull-up three going, and once he gets his outside game really coming along with it, like we know it's going to, good luck. Good luck to the rest of the league. Screw rookie of the year. That dude's going to be playing for MVPs. This, this dude, K. Cunningham, is out of this world. He's crazy. And it wasn't just him tonight. We had contributions from everywhere. Killian Hayes had another one of his best games of the season, continues to show improvement, continues to show why I believed in him. Isaiah Livers continues to be an amazing pickup by Tory Reaver. Marvin Bagley before getting hurt, he played a really good game. Sadiq had 20 points. Kelly O'Link did his thing. Like, this was an overall great game by the Detroit Pistons. 
amazing game. We'll talk about it more on tomorrow's episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner will be staying in the NFC West next season despite his release by the Seattle Seahawks earlier this offseason. Wagner agreed to terms on a five-year, $50 million deal that could be worth up to $65 million with the LA Rams. Financial terms were not disclosed, but those numbers were reported. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. The final four lines are set. And the one everyone is talking about, including and especially us, UNC against Duke. Duke, a four-point favorite at betonline.net for this one. And on the other side of the bracket, it's two more Blue Bloods battling it out. The Kansas Jayhawks and the Villanova Wildcats. Kansas installed as four-point favorites in this one. Futures to win the title. Duke at plus 155. Kansas at plus 180. Villanova plus 450. North Carolina plus 475. Bet online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. It's hard to call it a Cinderella run. Not because they're not a low seed making a trip to the Final Four, but because North Carolina is one of the most storied programs in NCAA men's basketball history, yet as an eight seed, they pulled off upset after upset after upset to get to this place. Joining me now from Locked On Tar Heels, Isaac Shade and Isaac. This this team has has shown resilience. They have coalesced at the right time. If there is something that you worry about, that you go, this is the thing that that could set this team back, whether it's old habits start to sneak in or a matchup that you don't like, what are you most worried about with this game? It's absolutely the latter thing that you just said. It's matchups. The biggest problem for Carolina in this game is that Leaky Black is only one person. And uh, Peter, I don't know if you know this, but physics dictate that you can't divide yourself in half to guard two men. The problem with that for Carolina is they've got to find a way to stop both A.J. Griffin and Paolo Bancaro, excuse me. And so uh, in the last game, the game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, Leaky Black was on A.J. Griffin while Brady Manick guarded Bancaro. There's really no good way for the Tar Heels to match up. There's really no help coming off the bench that can do that. And so that is what bothers me most is I'm not concerned with Leaky Black shutting down AJ Griffin. I'm concerned that Brady Manick cannot stop Paolo Bancaro, but the only way Carolina can win this game is if he's able to limit him. So what is what is the antidote for that? How If you're Carolina and you start losing some of these matchups, what can they go to? What's the counter that they possess that you say, okay, if you're going to isolate these matchups, here's what we can throw at you. 100%. So if you look at ratings on BartTorvik.com, which is a great analytics site for college basketball, ever since Carolina lost at home to Pittsburgh about six weeks ago, they are 10-1 and one since then. And if you isolate that time period, Carolina actually rates as the number one team in the nation. Um, in fact, Duke's defense in that span is 171st. The way Carolina was able to exploit that in the game at Cameron Indoor Stadium is they just pick and rolled Duke center Mark Williams to death. So RJ Davis, Carolina's smaller one, smaller point guard, uses ball screen action either with Baycott, Armando Baycott, the five, or with Brady Manick, the four. They involve Mark Williams in that. And then RJ Davis is either able to exploit that matchup by driving, is able to take a shot if Williams backs off, find Baycott rolling to the rim, or if Brady Manick's guy comes off, Manick can relocate. Davis hits him on the wing for one of the quickest trigger threes you will ever see. 
How do you see this game ultimately playing out? This game is going to be close. I think there are going to be nerves on both sides. I still think that Duke has more pressure on them just because a loss means literally you have let your coach end his career without a national championship. <laughs> Carolina to me, right? Like to me, Carolina is still playing with house money at this point. They, they didn't, shouldn't have even really gotten out of the first round. And historically nine seeds have won a higher percentage of the time than eight seeds. Yet here they are in the final four, just the sixth eight, team, eight seed team to ever make it the second time in Carolina history. Last time they did so was in 2000 with Ed Coda, a holdover from that Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter era and Carolina lost in the final four to Florida that year. I think they're looking for some redemption here. I think they ride that that um, little bit lack of stress that they have as opposed to Duke. And in a close game, Carolina wins at the end. I said uh, somewhere yesterday, I would, I, I think it would be incredible to see. We haven't really had any buzzer beaters in this tournament. How about a Brady Manic three to send the Tar Heels to the national championship game? Coming up, how does Duke avoid ending Coach K's career? I've been telling you a lot about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I mentioned I took it on vacation. It's hard for me to give a better endorsement of any product than I took it with me on vacation. Some of my favorite products that I have at my house, I didn't bring with me, but I did bring Built Bars because they are that good. This is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got a new Puffs line with protein-infused marshmallows. Yes, you heard me right, protein-infused marshmallows. All of these things are covered in 100% chocolate. They're low-calorie, they're high in protein. They can replace the candy bar that you use, the the granola bar that you eat, the uh, cereal bar that you eat that does not have the same sort of nutritional value, that's got way more sugar, that's got way more crap, frankly, in it than Bilt Bar does. And Bilt Bar tastes, in a lot of cases, I have to say, better, better. A couple of the flavors of Bilt Bar are like, not just as good, but better than almost any candy bar that you can get. I'm serious. If you don't believe me, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order and find out for yourself. Promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Coach K reunion tour. That's what we're calling it. The Coach K swan song plays on in the final four against North Carolina. The only way that this really could go down at the end of Mike Krzyzewski's career. Joining me now from Locked on Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson. And J.J., it seems like these players have answered the call and they've answered the questions about what kind of pressure is going to be on them in this final season. But what impact, if any, do you think Coach K, whether it is his on-court acumen or this, this looming pressure, what do you think his impact on this game is going to be? I think it's going to be business as usual for Coach K. He's been in this position before, as we've talked about a good bit on Lockdown Blue Devils this week, and as the national media and narrative certainly knows, this is the 13th trip to the Final Four for his bunch. He knows what to expect, and anytime a teacher can lend that message to students, the students, of course, being the players out there on the floor, I think Coach K is going to be prepared for this moment. I think he understands that at most he's got two games left in his career, and I do believe he's going to be ready to rock and roll. It's not that 
his resume needs any more burnishing. This is already an unimpeachable resume of of wins, the legacy, and and all of the lives that he's affected over his career at Duke. But what would winning this game and getting just getting a chance to win another national title mean in the grand scheme of Coach K's career, do you think? I think it would mean a whole lot. I think the fact that you go from five national championships to six, he's already got the second most behind Coach Wooden at UCLA, but you're one step closer to that. To go out on top also would be quite the way to exit. We saw so many great athletes over the years have amazing moments in sports figures when they exit, whether it be the 60-point game for Kobe Bryant or I think about the captain, I think about Derek Jeter with the walk-off hits that he had to end his career. For Mike Krzyzewski to go back out on top as already the winningest coach in the history of the sport and to go out winning a national championship, I think that'd be the best way to exit for Coach K. All right, let's let's flip the, the perspective here for a second. If Duke is vulnerable in some way against this UNC team that has played a number of different styles of, of opponent in this tournament, where, do you, where are you most concerned that the Tar Heels can attack this Blue Devils, whether it's offense or defense? Yeah, I think getting out in transition and shots from the outside would be a, a bit of a concerning area for me for Duke going into this matchup. I've talked about a good bit the fact that in the NCAA tournament, this Duke team has not taken a lot of threes in their Elite Eight victory against Arkansas. They only attempted 10 of them. While that game was in control for a majority of it, four of 10 from three-point range, Duke is not getting a lot of points from the three-point line, whereas North Carolina, particularly in their matchups with Duke over the past few seasons, they knocked down shots from the outside, Brady Manic being one of them. And anytime you're trading twos for threes, Peter, as you know, we're math guys. Three is greater than two, and that could be uh, deadly for Duke if they're not able to kind of keep up in that regard. All right, I know you have a rep to uphold. I know you have a podcast audience that expects you to say a certain kind of thing. I'm going to put you on the spot, on the record. What is your prediction for how this one ends? I, I do think that Duke ultimately knocks off North Carolina in the Final Four, and I've said this as well. I, I think we're in line for a storybook ending. I would have not said that going into the NCAA tournament, and quite honestly, if I had to make a prediction going into last weekend's set of games with the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, I wouldn't have thought that this would be possible for the Blue Devils either, but I'm feeling way more confident about it the way that they've played. They have been playing like the best team in the entire NCAA tournament. And now, Peter, that you've put me on the spot, the more I'm speaking this confidence. In the back of my head, I'm feeling a little pessimistic, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but no, I do think Duke's going to win it all. And finally, WNBA icon Swin Cash, NBA stars Manu Ginobili and Tim Hardaway, former longtime NBA head coach George Carl, and West Virginia head coach Bob Huggins are among those reportedly set to be inducted in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2022. A formal announcement of the 16-member 2022 class is expected on Saturday. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Monday, who survives? Duke or UNC? Kansas or Villanova? A full championship preview. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. <laughs>